Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, July 17th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Adelia Jr., and joining me is host of PS I Love You XOXO, Greg Miller. Hello, Blessing. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing, man? I'm not good. Not when I'm not well. No? Oh, I'm no. I'm in that thing we all know all too well. And it's the as a video game fan, I think it's the most hated feeling. It is that post-game depression where oh, I have I beaten Ghost of Tsushima. I have platinum Ghost of Tsushima. There is nothing left to do in Ghost of Tsushima. And it's one of my favorite games of the year. And now I'm trying to play a million other things. And it's just like, yeah, this isn't this isn't what I want to do right now. You know what I mean? And you're like, you keep going. It's all Goldilocks. Like, yeah, this isn't, I don't know about this. You start making lists now, of what you want to play, what you want to do. I feel like you're you're the kind of man who has a big backlog. I, I do. Like they're, you they're, know that. Yeah. Have you? Tr- what have you tried out so far? Well, you know, first off, that I run hot and cold. Like I run on emotion. I need to be in the mm. mood for something, and that's why we we talked about it the other day, right? I downloaded Mass Effect Andromeda. I was like, I just did this Star Trek and review stuff. I actually want to go into space and explore a bit. Uh, I I haven't played Mass Effect since launch when it was all like eye faces like that and like people crouch walking for no reason i was like i know they had fixed that stuff let's do that again first off i was surprised to install and start up mass effect and find out i played like eight hours of the of it the first time that was a lot for me for a game that i don't remember at all uh so i started that up and like the combat's what i want but then everything surrounding it's so like you know what i mean so it's like man i don't know what i'm doing then i was like i you know uh, I played uh, We Should Talk. That uh, it's it's an, it's a new game. It's out right now. Um, just came out this week. Uh, it's on everything. I've, I'm playing it on PlayStation. Hold on. We should talk. I don't think there. I've heard of this one. It's good. Um, it's short. It's one of my normal. You know, one of the. It's like a, a, a one night stand kind of thing, okay. where it's you picking dialogue options. You know what I mean? But they do it in a really cool visual style. Uh, here, hold on. Is this if this is if this link in the press release is smart? It'll go to a trailer. No, it went to a video. Kevin, get me the trailer for We Should Talk video game. Um, and so it's cool that it's you in a bar. Uh, you have your phone, and then there's three different people you talk to. The bartender, your ex-boyfriend, and then a guy who gets stood up on a Tinder date. And so when they talk to you, you choose what you want to say. But rather than just pick a line of dialogue, think of it like a uh, like a combination lock where there's like three segments of things so you pick the opener you pick the middle you pick the end and that leads to different results and stuff like that let alone uh, how you're interact i'm sorry there's also your girlfriend on the phone so like you have four different people you're talking to i guess but the options for the conversations are different based on what you've done in that run obviously with with your girlfriend on the phone or what you said to the bartender or what you said to your ex-boyfriend or stuff like that and so you go through and make those choices here it is thank you so much kev um it's super short uh, but I mean, it's meant to be played oh, multiple cool. times. I think there's nine endings to it um, from uh, the home screen on it or whatever. So I played that a bunch oh. and got a c- couple of the different endings. And, and it's going to it's gonna be uh, easy platinum with a walkthrough or whatever because it's just like, you know, talk to Sam about her husband or uh, uh, father. Talk to this yeah. about that. So it's like... Just going through just, all the different dialogue choices. Yeah, exactly. But it's also one of those I enjoyed and it's short enough that I was like, yeah, I'm not going to... Well, first off, there's no guide out yet. But I was also like, I'm not going to sit here and just do it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, hashtag fun time is out too. That's a twin stick shooter that's like all neon and arcadey and stuff and has different challenges oh, to it from made by a kind of funny best friend full disclosure they had sent us codes um i enjoy that too but i it was it that's not what i'm looking for either i of course i of course did the thing blessing and i downloaded persona 5 royal but so it's sitting oh, okay there. i was gonna say i was that was gonna be my suggestion like so persona it's sitting 5 is waiting for you but it's the same thing of like here i i mean i am in the mood for avengers i am in the mood for assassin's creed valhalla and i know already from playing 35 hours of persona 5 non-royal that that is not what this is you know what i mean yeah. like it's not that i want i want open world third person action rpg combat i want fucking kingdoms of model reckoning right and i still have to wait another month for that too so it's this thing of the what drew me in about starting up mass effect was i know that combat and i'm like i, I can dig i can vibe with that content for a while you know you know what i mean going through get your powers up yeah. using different guns stuff like that but then again like i said around it the pathfinder stuff i'm just like this isn't exactly hitting how i want it to hit so i'm in this like pouty mood where i'm just like mm-hmm. everything's i, I want to get back to the platinuming iron man vr right but it's like mm-hmm. man, do i want to drag the vr out and reconnect everything and it's like then, then you start thinking about it too it's like an entire playthrough on hard which i will do eventually but it's like that's uh, Iron Man VR is a game I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to play when Jen goes to bed. So I'm now chipping away at it what an hour and a half, two hours at a time. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, well, I gotta get back to Minecraft. 
and I'm like, mm, I got to set up a Minecraft date with Joey to go through dungeons and get the platinum in that or whatever. I'm trying to set that up right now because I want to what I want to do today, bless, mm-hmm. is that even when we don't this is behind the curtain for everybody else, even when we don't live stream the recording of a show, you know what I mean? Uh, similar to today when we record the kind of funny X cast uh, that's not being shown to anybody, but we do a live backup recording just in case anything went wrong. There'd be a backup somewhere in the in the cloud that obviously if you're logged in, it's kind of funny. You can watch. So I've hit up Joey. Yeah, and she's down. We're going to watch that together and then play Minecraft there and do that. Oh, but that's what I'm I, it's the same thing, too. Like yeah. there's new Borderlands DLC out that everybody's I mean, right like, now. It sounds like you got an embarrassment of riches right now where you can you can go any any which way and you just have an appetite for a specific thing. Blessing. That is the sad thing. I have the silver spoon. You know what I mean? And yeah. I should be. Uh, and it's just. But again, it's not these games that the problem is. The problem isn't here. Right. Yeah, because I just want to. I what do I want to do? I want to chase more foxes. I want to cut more people up. I want you know what I mean. I want Nate Fox to just give me an endless supply of Ghost of Tsushima, but the the supply has run out. You know what I mean? Now I wait seven years for another game. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of in a similar place to where now that I've finished Ghost of Tsushima, I've kind of winded down on it to where I I've, I've been trying to balance. A, I've been trying to balance the idea of okay, do I want to platinum this thing or mm-hmm. Should, is, should I just leave it? Because I've gotten past the story. I'm now just in the open world. And I'm feeling myself start to get into that process of things starting to get repetitive and me not being as into it. And so, like, that's how I got into Superliminal, which I talked about on PS Love yeah. You. And I've been uh, ping-ponging back and forth through quite a, quite a few different games. Uh, one of them now being Persona 5 Royal. Like, I'm back into it. And I, I recommend. I mean, that's one, that, that's one that I will continue to push onto you. you I'm know, going you, to do it. I'm go- it's going to happen. Are you? Yes. Uh, is it? Yes, that game, I, my, Persona my Five hope, came out three years ago. I know, but and again, I played thirty fucking hours of it. It's not like I didn't touch it. All right, buddy, yeah, you know, back off over I mean, here, kid. All right, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't even know what fucking Persona was. Persona wouldn't be a thing in the West without Greg Miller. All right, yeah. fucking, I kept the Vita alive for how long? I'm the and I'm I fucking I'm so old. Blessing. Remember, I was playing them on PS2 for IGN. All right, you yeah. shut your fucking mouth. You don't know what you're talking about. All right, had enough of this so crap. Good. It's so good. Joey Noel writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says yesterday during kevin's pancake delivery blessing said quote i've been watching a lot of coyote related comedy end quote and i would like more information on that and this is this is something that i i totally forgot about uh after the episode until joey brought it up because th- this is the thing that that i brought up for like 0.5 seconds as we're as we're uh ping-ponging through our, our opening for kfgd uh, because Kevin, me, both me and Kevin were saying different things at the same time, and yeah. both of them were on wildly different uh, spectrums of, okay, we got to tackle this. And Kevin's took priority because Kevin was mentioning like boys and berry or whatever. Well, and it was um, again. Remember, it sounded like if you're just a listener, it sounded like he was fucking at an IHOP. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like he's like he's running the show from a booth. <laughs> Somebody comes over. I right, hear you, pancakes. Can I get a boys and berry syrup? What's that? <laughs> Yeah, and so that got, that got priority, and then and then I, I I started to see a lot of people be be like, all right, but what what's, what's this coyote related comedy business that that blessing is up yeah, to? Yeah, yeah, explain. And this, so explain. just to explain it very quickly, because it's not anything too deep. It's not like uh, there's a wild story. It's not like I've been marathoning Wiley Coyote uh, for the last month or so. Uh, basically, I've been watching, I've I've been like checking out a lot of different shows on Netflix recently. Uh, one of them is a show called Never Have I Ever, which is a really good show. Um. But yeah, like basically that show has an episode of it where the main character encounters a coyote in like a backyard, which weirdly enough, exactly mirrors an episode of a different show that I've also been watching, Love on Netflix, which I, I love Love on Netflix. It's, it's a show that I've appreciated forever. Um, and there are multiple there are multiple shows called Love on Netflix. And so I'm talking about the comedy with okay. um, Britta from Community, not the gotcha. other love on Netflix, which is very like very much like this graphic other sort of thing. But for the comedy love, that show also has a, a scene related to somebody seeing a coyote in the backyard and being on drugs and all this different stuff. And so, like, that was that was mainly what I was referencing for people who are curious about the coyote-related comedy. I would throw it out there, even though it's a fox, even though it's a fox, mm-hmm. uh, Fleabag, season two. There's fox oh, comedy. Oh, you're right. There, right? Yeah. Yeah, I watched, when I watched you said, too. When I saw this go through, I thought that's what it was a reference to. And then I was like, wait, that's a fox. And I was very confused. Do you want to yeah. know the other thing, Blessing? What's that? Switching back to my thing because I don't give a shit about Joey's question. All right. I got. I also thought I had this thought last night when I'm. I'm because I'm sitting there in bed. I can't go to sleep, and I'm like, what should it be? What am I gonna do? Thought about Sleeping Dogs Definitive Edition. Why not do that fucker back up? Because that was a great game. I mean, yeah, there's nothing wrong with Sleeping Dogs. Kind of feels like it might check the boxes here. Is you know what I mean? Open world and run around shooting stuff. I, I, I I can see that. Damn. All right. I mean, Assassin's Creed's coming coming soon. This 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 is the thing that gets. 
I mean, soon as in this year. This is the thing that gets me is that you just finished playing that type of experience. You just played a big old open world game and platinumed it. Yeah. And you're not you're not tired. You're not like, open oh man, I need world, a, I need some smaller palate cleansers. No, well, I mean, like I, it's I don't even I don't know. It's just that depression. You know, it's the same thing people have when they go to PAX and then you come home from PAX and you're no longer with oh, all yeah, your friends. Yeah. You're like, oh yeah, all right, well, this is life and it's good, but like, you know, Greg. Enough about open world games and coyotes and all the ridiculous shit we just talked about for 10 minutes. Today's stories include June and PD sales, Microsoft discontinuing Xbox One X, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily. I still get I still get nervous when I bang the desk because I see the camera wobbling and I'm like, today's the day. Today's <laughs> like the day where everything like you're out of the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to be a part of the show, head to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show. Uh, housekeeping the kind of funny X cast kicks off Saturday at 6 a.m. Pacific time on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and on podcast services. So get your questions in now on kind of funny.com slash Patreon. Of course, that's Snowback Mike, Alana Pierce, and Gary Widow. They're recording today. And Greg, is it a live recording? Can people watch that live on Patreon? We already talked about this. No, it's a private one. We're, we don't, okay. XCast, since it's a pilot program and we are feeling a lot of stuff out with it and schedules are crazy, we're not doing that for during the six-week pilot. If Got it becomes full-time, maybe we'll talk about it and figure it out. Yes. And so get your questions in now because they will be recording tomorrow for the episode that goes up uh, or they'll be recording today for the episode that goes up tomorrow. But you still have time. You still have time. Remember, kindoffunny.com slash store has a bunch of great shit. If you like merch, if you like shirts, if you like sweatshirts, if you like uh, glasses, if you like uh, like glasses, glasses, glasses like my glasses, not no, not like the seeing glasses. I'm talking about the drinking glasses. If you you like those, you like hats. You like merch? Kindoffunny.com slash store has what you need. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Mohammed Mohammed and Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by YouTube.com slash games. but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have four stories today. Baker's Starting with our number one, Greg. Hello. Would it surprise you to know that The Last is Part Two continues to kill it in sales? Not in the least. Not in the least. This is Adam Bankhurst at IGN uh, who writes, and this this is this is essentially their write up for uh, this last month's MPD sales. So MPD for uh, June. The Last is Part Two was June 2020's best-selling game and has now become the third best-selling game of the year, the eighth best-selling game of the 12-month period ending in June, and uh, uh, has the highest launch month dollar sales of any 2020 release to date, as revealed by the MPD Group's Matt Piscatella. Uh, the Last is Part Two. Matt, uh, Last of Us Part 2's first month sales have surpassed other games such as Final Fantasy VII Remake, Animal Crossing New Horizons, and Doom Eternal to claim the top spot. The Last of Us Part 2, which also also became the fastest selling PS4 exclusive with over 4 million copies sold in its first three days, only trails Marvel Spider-Man for the biggest launch month uh, for for a Sony published game. And I'm going to add there um, for my own editorializing that uh, remember that The Last of Us Part 2 came out June 19th. And I believe uh, this sales period ends like very early July, whereas Spider-Man, the month it came out, came out way earlier in the month. And so mm-hmm. Spider-Man had more more days uh, uh, counted in, in essentially that, that sales period. Rounding out the top five for June 2020 are Call of Duty, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Animal Crossing New Horizons, Grand Theft Auto V, and Mortal Kombat 11. Perhaps the most impressive jump, however, was Ring Fit Adventure, which made it to number seven after ranking number 835 last month due to stock shortages. The full list of June 2020's top 20 best-selling games is as follows. And I'm going to start from number 20. So this is June 2020 best-selling games. Uh, At number 20, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. 19, SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. Number 18, Persona 4 Golden. You know what I mean? Persona 4. 
yeah. Wild How only selling two copies gets you gets you a number nineteen. Right, <laughs> it's a slow month. Everybody's buying Last of Us. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, number eighteen, Persona Four Golden. Number seventeen, Woo. Need for Speed Heat. Number sixteen, Borderlands Three. Number fifteen, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Number fourteen. Uh, the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, number thirteen, Minecraft PlayStation Four Edition, number twelve, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege, number eleven, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, number ten, Minecraft Dungeons, number nine, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe, number eight, NBA Two K Twenty, number seven, Ring Fit Adventure, number six, Red Dead Redemption Two, at number five, Mortal Kombat Eleven, number four, Grand Theft Auto Five, number three, Animal Crossing: New Horizons, number two, Call of Duty: Modern Warfare, and sitting at number one, The Last of Us Part Two. Greg. Does yes. any of that surprise you? I think it's great to see uh, Minecraft Dungeons at number 10. You know, that's a fun game. Uh, a, a goofy, you know, dungeon crawler. Again, obviously the Minecraft name helps, but in general, it's a fun game as well. Um, but outside of that, I mean, I think it's awesome to see Persona 4 Golden pop up at number 18. Uh, yeah. Obviously, that Steam release coming out, helping it out quite a bit. Uh, SpongeBob hanging on, sure. And then, yeah, Last of Us Part 2 being at number one. I think that makes sense. I think uh, Animal Crossing continue to be at number three. Again, hell yeah. We're at that point right now, right, where I think a lot of this was predictable. I think it gets interesting, uh, Bless, and I and I don't mean to deviate the conversation. If there's more you want to say on this, is looking ahead to July's NPD. Do you where do you think uh, Ghost of Tsushima is going to fall? Oh, these are good questions. Um, I'll hmm, hmm. I it's an interesting question. I mean, I'm going to say top five, but yeah, I would top too. Five kind of where that kind of breaks down because, like, does it get number one last is part two releasing late later in june throws an interesting wrench in this because i expect to see last is part two in in the best-selling games again but like but how yes. how high do i expect to see that also i think that's especially top five to easy too. yeah i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna say I, I expect to see ghost at like the number three spot yeah see that sounds that's my prediction. that sounds right to me too of course, I'm always bad at NPD. We used to do an actual uh, competition at IGN on a whiteboard, and I was always awful at it. So you shouldn't take anything I said to the bank by any stretch of the imagination. But that sounds right. And a ringing endorsement, of course, of why you should only buy digital games, and it's silly to go to the store. In the chat, Boards and Double Zero said, I just got here because what is insane was Target in my area got zero copies of Ghosts, and I don't think they're going to get any in this month. I had to go to hunt one at Best Buy. That's always fun. That's crazy. Try to start your day buying a video game. You got to go hunt around, dig around, drive different stores, eat up them fossil fuels, expose yourself to COVID. Just download. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking I'm looking back at the list now and I'm trying to think of the games that are coming out this month. And actually now the more and more I think about it, the more and more I can see Ghost and Last Ghost and Last was taking the number one and number two spot Um, and like in either order. But like you think Ghost could be the number one selling game for July? I mean, I could see it. Like, what's the competition really aside from Last of Us? And I think it's the, the Last that, of Us. Yeah, yeah. I think like Last of Us is the only other one that I think is still like Last of Us is going to continue to sell super well. Um, but like a big part, and of, of course, like this is only a, a small part of it. But also, like a, a part of why Last of Us Part Two is selling so well is because everybody is at home playing video games, buying video games. Like we're seeing software sales get this bump this year because there's not much else for people to do, and so. Last of Part Two is going to continue to sell well because of that, but Ghost of Tsushima is probably going to sell well also because of that. And so, you know, those those in the top two, I think, is kind of easy. But then, like, where does Paper Mario land and all that? Yeah, I don't think Paper Mario is going to have a. Gi- I don't think it's going to have a giant opening. I don't think it's going to. I mean, Paper Mario, I would say top ten, but I don't think top five. Yeah, and that's where I'm at too. Is Paper Mario? I can see a top ten. Yeah, I can I can see that. To uh to round out this IGN write up uh, regarding NPD, uh they continue June 2020's tracking uh tracked spending across video game hardware, software, accessories, and game cards totaled 1.2 billion dollars, which is a 26% increase from June 2019. Persona 4 Golden, which was released on on Steam in June 2020, made it made it up to number 18 for June 2020. Nintendo Switch was once again the best-selling hardware for June 2020, although hardware spending declined 17% when compared to June 2019, which I think that all makes sense, uh, given that like we're 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 reaching that that wind up or I guess wind down toward next generation. But then for Switch specifically, like there was not really any big Switch title that came out in June, and so I think it makes sense when you're comparing it to last year where uh, we got Mario Maker 2 in June. Like it makes mm. sense for for Switch not to to have sold as much this time around hold on we're gonna call in an expert here 
All right. Well, is, is it is it Jeffy Grub Grub? It's Jeffy Grub Grub. Jeffy Grub Grub's yeah, in the is. chat arguing yeah, against everything we're saying. Really? Mm-hmm. I gotta I gotta I gotta give a shout out to Jeffy Grub Grub because he he slid into my DMs this morning uh with the venture beat um article for MPD, um, as he does during these days. And I appreciate that. I appreciate I want, it up there. I, I wanted to I wanted to reference his, but I did ideas first. And Jeffy Grub Grub, it's Greg Miller. You're live on Kind of Funny Games Daily. You know because you're in the chat. I see you arguing. You, <laughs> what, you think, what, what is your NPD for July breakdown prediction here? Where are we wrong? You're right. Look, look, okay, so top five, for a game to get in the top five, it usually has to outsell Grand Theft Auto V, which is always like the barrier for whether or not a, a new game is successful. If a new game comes out and doesn't outsell Grand Theft Auto V, I, I consider it a failure. And I think there's no way that Paper Mario doesn't come out and doesn't like at least break that sort of uh, glass ceiling sort of thing. So it, it's going to come out. It's probably going to be number three after uh, after Last of Us, and then Ghost of Tsushima will probably be number one. Um, uh, it, the, only, the only reason it wouldn't be is because Nintendo doesn't share digital numbers with mm-hmm. NPD. Mm-hmm. So if more Good people point. are buying it digitally, maybe it does fall out of the top five. But I really, really doubt it. People are like. Look around, guys. People are wild for Nintendo stuff right now. The Switch continues to sell like like crazy. Uh, there hasn't been anything really huge since Animal Crossing. People want new games. Uh, e- even if people aren't like super hot on this particular Paper Mario, I I, I still bet it's going to sell really well. Uh, so so basically, I just want to say, God, how you could, how would you guys be so wrong all the time? <laughs> uh, first off, you're just predicting as well, sir. So we'll see. All right. I knew, of course, Nintendo doesn't share the digital sales, which is one of the reasons I was including it this way. Also, yes, people are hot on Nintendo, hot on the Switch, hot on Animal Crossing. I just don't think they're that hot on Paper Mario. Mm, I think we're going to see. All right, I'm going to write this down. Has, I'm not gonna, I, yeah, anything, yes, go ahead. Someone, someone make a nanobiologist do some more unpaid work. <laughs> <laughs> we love him. We love abusing him and calling him a kind of funny best friend. It's perfect. All right, we'll, all right, we'll see. You say top five. I say no. Uh, he's he's say saying number three. I'm just saying, saying. All right, well, I got to hold on. Yeah, so Blessing's been paying attention. I got to put you down, which means I you they won't hear yeah. you. So like, no worries. We understand. We, we love you, Jeff. Thanks for being a fan. Yeah, have a good one, guys. Bye. All right, bye. He's saying nice he's day, saying man. Ghost, Last of Us, Paper Mario in that order, and I respect it. I don't know if I agree. I mean, I I I think Ghost and Last of Us for sure. I think Paper Mario lands itself in the in the top ten somewhere, but that's mainly because of the digital thing, also, mm-hmm. and also because like it's Paper Mario. Like people love Mario, of course. People love Paper Mario for the most part, but modern Paper Mario, I feel like, doesn't hit the same way that like a thousand year door would. But who knows? All right, hold on. So I'm saying you're writing all this down. Yeah, I'm writing it down. I'm, well, I mean, like, and it's interesting because it's like how weird bets get in general. I'm saying it's in the top. Paper Mario is in the top ten. I don't think it's in the top five. You don't eh, think it's even, in the top five? Yeah. It sounds crazy when you say it out loud. Because in the top five, all it would have to beat would be Grand Theft Auto Five and probably Mortal Kombat Eleven. <sighs> Animal Crossing New Horizons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Call of Duty Modern Warfare, actually. I'll stick with it because I already said it. (laughs) Top 10, not top 5. Where are you right now? Jeff Jeff says Ghost, Last of Us, Paper Mario in that order. I say Ghost, Last of Us, and Paper Mario at number 4 or 5. Okay. All right. We'll check back in a month. Check back in a month. Greg. Story number two. This is a, this is something that came up uh, late in the show yesterday um, because this is breaking as we we're going. Microsoft has discontinued the Xbox One X and the Xbox One S digital editions or digital edition. Uh, this is from Tom Warren at The Verge, who writes: Microsoft is officially halting production of its Xbox One X and Xbox One S all digital edition consoles. Quote. As we ramp into the future with Xbox Series X, we're taking the natural step of stopping production on Xbox One X and Xbox One. S. All edition, end quote, says the Microsoft spokesperson in a statement to The Verge. Xbox One S will continue to be manufactured and sold globally. Reports of Xbox One X and Xbox One S shortages have surfaced in recent weeks, and there has been an increased demand in Microsoft and Sony's current gen consoles during the pandemic. While production is ending on the Xbox One X and the Xbox One S digital edition, it's likely that stock for some retailers will still be available in the coming, coming months. Quote, gamers can check with their local retailers for more detail uh, details on Xbox One hardware availability, end quote, says a Microsoft spokesperson. 
The Xbox One S All Digital Edition was only launched in in April last year as a discless a discless version of the Xbox One S. Reports have suggested that sales were strong for this particular console, and Microsoft even bundled it as as part of the of the 1999 uh, monthly Xbox All Access subscription that includes Xbox Game Pass Ultimate Access. Microsoft is planning to continue its Xbox All Access All Access subscriptions for the Xbox Series X launch later this year, offering subscribers an opportunity to to upgrade to the new console. The software maker is also expected to launch a cheaper, less powerful next gen Xbox. Codenamed Lockhart, this this second Xbox is likely to form a big part of Microsoft's pricing approach for its next gen Xbox plans. Greg, yeah, what's your reaction to all of this? Awesome. I think that there's I don't want there to be uh, for Xbox going forward too much confusion. You've had all this time to buy these boxes to buy the Xbox One X, right? Uh, why would we worry about that at this point, right? Like you are about mm-hmm. to launch the Series X that is going to take the place of the Xbox One X in this pantheon of Xboxes and the Xbox ecosystem of, hey, for the you know, at least couple of years, you're going to be able to play every all the first party games on, you know, any one of the Xboxes. So who cares? I think that it makes so much sense to start eliminating some of them and make it easy when you go in that there's the xbox series x which is on the high end of the spectrum there's the xbox one s of course that's still happening like they're talking about globally but then really the question becomes where is that lockhart is that lockhart uh, prediction you know what i mean the the streaming box the no disc no whatever just get it and get have a thing for your xbox is that even on the other end of the spectrum is it past the xbox one s where it is like here's one for 99 bucks yeah and I th- and that is the big question. Um, but I'm with you that I think this definitely points to Lockhart um, and the place that they expect that console to take between the Xbox Series X and now what we have as the base Xbox One or the Xbox One S. I have a question here from Malcontent Ronin who writes in and says, with the discontinuation of the Xbox One X uh, now guaranteeing the existence of Lockhart, do you believe the rumors of what it will sp- it supposedly will be? You know, the part where where it's targeting 1080p to provide that budget price, because if true, this news may prove to be uh, to be a truly awful uh, move on the part of, of Microsoft. Keeping the X, keeping the one X uh, could have provided a budget option versus Xbox series. Instead, the, the one S is firmly the last generation uh, and Lockhart is your only actual budget option this fall. Do you think the rumors are entirely wrong and we're going to get a 4K console at 300 bucks? Uh, just doesn't seem like both. Both of those are possible. We know it exists, but what do you think Lockhart actually will be? Thanks. So this is an interesting question because I feel like, because Malcontent Ronin is pointing to to rumors of yeah. Lockhart being a 1080p thing. I feel like regarding Lockhart, I've heard all of the rumors. I feel like people have kind of like done like a, a, a spread shot of like, okay, yeah, it's going to be a 1080p thing. Oh, no, it's going to be a digital thing. Oh, no, it's just going to be an Xbox One X. Oh, no, it's going to be this. And I don't feel like I don't feel like anybody's really provided a concrete idea or answer to what uh, Lockhart is going to be, which I think could really like make or break exactly what they're trying to do here. Um, and so, like for me, I don't, I don't necessarily think Microsoft is trying to do an, an all, uh, or let me not say all digital because I think they, I think they could go all digital, but I don't think they're trying to make a streaming box. I think mm-hmm. that's more of a. I think that's a future plan. I think that is years down the line. I don't think we're at we're at a place yet where uh, Microsoft feels comfortable putting out a box that is main mainly used for XCloud yet. The I think the so smart. Then what do you think Lockhart is? What is Lockhart to you then? I mean, I would just say like a a weaker box, right? Like it could be it could be an all digital edition kind of thing, um, especially since they're discontinuing the Xbox One S digital console, um, and like with. Like we know that that console has done relatively well in sales. Uh, in sales, I could see this kind of taking the place of that, while also being this higher powered thing. Um, so, like, yeah, like, I, if I had to make a specific prediction, I'm gonna say a digital box that is slightly less powered than the Xbox Series X. That I thought you just said you didn't believe in the digital box. I didn't. Oh, I don't believe in box. the streaming box. Yeah. Gotcha. 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 What about you? Hmm. You figure right now, Xbox One X, 400 bucks. Xbox One S, 300 bucks. So you have to start playing this game of when you introduce the SKUs, what does that mean for prices? So to get rid of the X, right? Now we're talking about Xbox Series X, and that's at least $400. I think we all know it'll be more. So $500, $499, somewhere in there, right? 
than $300 for an Xbox One S. And so let's, and I'm playing fast and loose with this, but there's a $200 price difference there. It gets you to this interesting conversation that you're having with what is Lockhart exactly, right? And is Lockhart a streaming box that that's its whole purpose and that's what it's going? And then I think it's below $300. And granted, I think the Xbox One S would probably get a price drop in the middle of this below that but if it's just a digital box like you're talking then i think it's going up from xbox one s and so now it is this bridge between what you put it at 400 we'll say so mm-hmm. 300 for xbox one s uh 400 for lockhart 500 for series x i think that yeah. works in a lot of ways in a more interesting way than the streaming box because right there what you're looking at is a very traditional way of selling this right Oh, if you have an old thing and you're just joining or you have some kids who want to play something, get them the Xbox One S. It doesn't need to be the most amazing thing and they can play Halo and it just won't look as good. And who cares? Then you get to that point of, all right, you want to move up in the next generation. You can get the Lockhart for just $400, right? And you look at it and you're like, sure, I can, but I'm making these concessions on it. I don't have the disk drive. It's only doing 1080p, whatever the hell else is going to be the limitations on it. And you start thinking, well, it's just $100 to the the best Xbox on the market. It's just $100 to Xbox Series X. And then you most people if you you know you're gamers and you're saving your money and you're getting ready to do this maybe they start wavering and they go for the bigger better box that's the, the you raise a good question here on all the rumors we've heard what is the purpose of the lockhart is the lockhart meant to be a digital box that you can just download your games to no disk drive we knocked off x amount of money or is it meant to be hey here is this drop dead gorgeous price for something you can stream your games to and maybe it has a little bit of uh, uh hard drive in there's hard drive space for you to download something or do whatever with like i it's so fascinating because we're still talking about things we don't fully understand because you mm-hmm. even like yesterday when we we're talking about the introduction of xcloud uh to xbox uh go- live or xbox gold right or to you know game pass game pass bundling xbox up uh, xcloud sorry 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 Game Pass Ultimate for 15 bucks, bundling up that. Suddenly, keep in mind then, for us sitting here and be like, oh, well, you know, then Lockhart's only $99 and blah, blah, blah. Like, that's not even what we're talking about anymore. Because it means that, hey, do you have a computer, a phone, and a controller? Any combination, or, you know, do you have a computer or do you even have a phone or do you just have a tablet or whatever? If you have a controller or don't, you can use on-screen touches for that. Like, for $15, you have your portal and everything on Game Pass, including Halo Infinite, including all this stuff. Like, I think when we talk about Lockhart, I think we're so hung up on that original, 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 original report, right? That was like Anaconda and Lockhart, and there's going to be this beefy one, there's going to be a streaming one. When in reality, for the people who really care about streaming and want to do that, I think there's going to be two camps. The people like me that want to play their games on the go and have their fancy boxes at home. And then the people who are, in a financial situation where 15 bucks is totally cool, whereas not hundreds of dollars and a subscription and, you know, whatever else. I think you get to this point that the original vision we all had for Lockhart of being a streaming box is kind of superseded by xCloud. Because you have, chances are, a smartphone, a tablet, a computer that can go in and do this xCloud stuff in September once it's in Game Pass Ultimate. And so then then I think the more important thing to microsoft becomes okay cool let's get a cheaper option but not dirt cheap that we can have there so you don't want to spend that much money you get the lockhart and it's no disc or you look a little bit ahead and you you say well 100 bucks isn't that much different yeah and that's that's also kind of my thing with with lockhart and if if it is or is not a streaming box right is like the way i've been framing microsoft strategy in my head this whole time is them them having the case to make of, hey, we have the most powerful console, but also we have the cheapest ways for you to also get into our ecosystem if you want to get into it um, in other ways also. And so, you know, playing X xCloud through your laptop or through your smartphone, like in my mind, those are the cheapest the cheapest options you can go in yeah. terms of getting into the, the Xbox ecosystem. And so like, I feel like the argument there on the Microsoft side of things is, all right, for people who might see Series X at $500 or $600 or however much you charge for it, it, for people who say that is too much or like 100 bucks too much or 200 bucks too much, 
what is the next option we can provide them that may not be the Xbox One S because that still feels like last generation of them. And cutting out Xbox One X and replacing that with this new middle tier, I think makes the most sense for them. I think that I, I think that lines up perfectly with what their uh, vision is. That it's hard for me to think of anything else that it could be. And in a similar vein, right? I think we're talking about xCloud and how it takes the place of the Lockhart or the, what we thought the Lockhart box was. And you know, I'm talking about PCs and phones and stuff. Like again, this is step one like you know what i mean like they i guarantee are working on an x cloud smart tv app they are working on getting this uh to every device they possibly can so that x cloud is everywhere i still hope and believe they're working with nintendo on it right i <laughs> pray to god they are because i think oh, that'd be yeah. so fucking bizarre and awesome to boot up your switch and have it be a screen that you're using your joy cons to play xbox games on. i think that'd be fucking insane and rad and i that is definitely what phil and xbox's vision is for this to put it on every screen i'm sure they would love to have it on playstation right which is not going to happen but when they start getting those questions and knock on wood xcloud is a success and it works the way people want it to work and everybody's impressed with it in september and all these different things are happening i think there's a a real conversation there as to what the future is and i think in the same way where we were thinking about uh lockhart on what the original rumors were years ago we're still thinking of xcloud as this beta weird supplement on your phone thing when in reality that is what they want with what we originally thought the lockhart was of hey it's dirt cheap get into the ecosystem because again this is exactly what they're fucking talking about right hey i don't play xbox i don't do this but i have a pc and i have a phone and so it's only 15 bucks and i'm sure they'll do some ridiculous offer for a dollar to get it and you're in or whatever you get in there, you start playing, you're like, holy shit, this is actually really cool, and I'm playing all these games, and what a great deal. You resubscribe, maybe you resubscribe again, and finally you start going, well, all right, cool, like, this is fun, there's a little bit of lag here, though, like, why don't I buy a box? And then we're into this exact conversation, of like, yeah. I'll just buy the Xbox One S, and you look at it, you're like, well, 100 bucks up from there is the Xbox Lockhart, and then you go, well, 100 bucks up from there is the Xbox Series X, and how much exactly. am I gonna do, and blah, blah, blah. This is all perfect world scenario, this is all exactly what we were talking about yesterday when somebody was like, why uh, where, aren't they worried about money of putting their games on game pass and it's like no they're worried about getting you converted to being an xbox player and being in the xbox ecosystem and spending all your money there greg speaking of next gen hardware story number three what was up with that jeff Keeley ps5 dual sense hands-on demo that he did he played uh, it confirm rubber ducks rubber ducks everybody rubber ducks everybody uh, uh, uh i keep wanting to call it astro world Astro's Playroom. Astro is the name of an ASAP Rocky album, or not ASAP Rocky, a fucking Travis Scott album. Uh, so I'm pulling this from. Uh, they're rappers, Greg. They're they're they're, they're artists. Um, I'm pulling an article uh, from Gamespot titled "PS5 Dual System Controller: Everything We Learned During Today's Stream." This is by Chris Barrera and James Carr at Gamespot. Jeff Keighley today uh, hosted a hands-on reveal stream for PS5's DualSense controller, sharing some new details about what to expect from Sony's new gamepad. A brief side-by-side -side comparison showed that the, that the DualSense is physically larger than the, than the PS4's controller, weighing a bit more and feeling like it has more heft. The integrated speaker is said to have a wider range of sound and that the sounds it, it, the sounds it emits tie in with uh, with what the haptic feedback is doing, at least in Astro's Playroom, a free game that is pre-installed on PS5. According to Jeff Keighley, it's a multi-hour game rather than a quick tech demo. After describing what it's like to use the controller, uh, Keighley shared slices of gameplay footage of him playing Astro's Playroom with the new controller. The game is set up like uh, different components of a computer with a CPU lobby area and a cooling station area. One section showcased the adaptive, the adaptive triggers with uh, with Keeley describing the tension he felt in each one as he used them while controlling a character whose body consisted of a large spring. Next, he spoke with PlayStation World, Worldwide head of marketing Eric Lempel. He said that Astro's Playroom is intended to show off the benefits of the controller and various features of the system. An earlier version of the game uh, was taken to developers earlier in development as the PS5 was introduced to them. In terms in terms of the design changes to the controller itself, Lempel talked about Sony wanting wanting to iterate upon the established DualShock design. Greg, did you get to get to watch the stream this morning? Oh, I did. You think I'd miss the Jeff Keighley stream? All right, I was excited. I, I was waiting for Alf to pop up and give me his thoughts on it, though. In the yeah, cat. sadly, no Alf, which yeah, which, yeah. which was slightly upsetting to me. What was your what, what were your thoughts on the stream? Uh, it's the traditional thoughts of like, man, this is a hard, it's so hard. This is the pandemic part of it, right? Of how hard this is to show a controller 
and talk about it, right? And it was like, I'm glad he played something. I'm glad, you know, they talked a bit about that. But like, I, you know, it's how do you show a controller? And like when he was talking about the haptic triggers and he mentioned pulling back on a bow, I was like, oh my God, can we get away yeah. from this one example? How do you, and I'm, that's not <laughs> me knocking Jeff. Point. That's not me knocking Jeff at all. Obviously, it's the, one of the ones that makes the most sense of how to do it. But it's just like, Every time we've heard about his fucking controller, I've heard like about how many games are going to have bow strings. Um, I liked, I, I thought it was cool to see compared right there uh, with the DualShock 4. I liked him talking about how it's a little bit heftier, but it doesn't feel too that much. I liked seeing the side by sides. I like getting, you know, just seeing something outside of a render, something outside of a promotional image that PlayStation has touched up or moved around or given you no real sense of scope or scale for it. It was just nice to see that. Uh, you know, uh, Astro's Playroom looked like cool i like that it, i like you know the way he described it of like you know it's a bunch of callbacks to playstation's history I was like oh what does that mean and then yeah you jump in there and it is the rubber duckies from super rubber dub from playstation 3 infamous playstation 3 uh psn game and then having him unlock a ps3 at the end and shit it's like all right that's kind of crap i'll play and like hopefully platinum and have a good time with honestly like seeing the astro stuff had me a bit like bummed a bit because what you want to play like- horizon <laughs> No, but like I, I'm like I'm I'm glad he demoed Astro because that's a game that I'm uh-huh. I've been excited for. But it's the fact that Astro seemed the more the more and more he showed of it, the more and more I was like, oh, this is this very much seems like a PlayStation Five. Like, like they 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 go out of their way to say like, oh, this isn't a tech demo. This is like a multi-hour experience. But you're running around the cooling station and like you're showing me the CPU level, and it's like. All right, I don't know. If, I don't know if this was the way to go with this franchise to make it like. This. But I mean, that's where they started, right? I mean, rescue rescue mission was the outlier. That's not the true to form. Now, granted, you would hope they would have seen the success there and done something different with it. But again, this is this is a tech demo. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I understand it's a game, and as Jeff said, it's gonna yeah. be. It's not a small experience. It's a multi-hour thing. But like, it's still just a tech demo for the controller to talk and squawk at you and you to see colors and understand the haptic triggers and all the basically understand why this controller costs more and you should buy more. Yeah, but I don't like. But that my, that's my thing though is I don't think it needs to be just like I don't think they need to lean into the tech demo side of it because when I think of when I think of Mario for example, right, like a, an amazing platformer, Mario Odyssey is kind of a tech demo for the Switch. Like it it showcases it showcases the um the uh like I guess motion in, in quite a few different ways. Like it very much is like a hey, this is what the Switch can do kind of thing. And I like Nintendo kind of does that a lot with a lot of their first party stuff. But they also add it's their own. They also add their own individuality and personality there that that separates their games from just being tech demos and shows them as like, oh no, these are actual like incredible games that take advantage of what the hardware has to offer. Sure. Ask yeah. about Rescue Mission on, in VR. I feel like did a very similar thing of like, yeah, you. you when you when you go into a level, Astrobot literally like steps out of your PlayStation Four controller and like you use the touchpad to like flick yeah, him flick off him. or not flick him off, but like <laughs> <laughs> you like you you flick him off of the PS Four controller. Yeah, and, off the like, pad, off the pad. Like all the new mechanics they showcase are just different functions of the PSVR thing, but they didn't necessarily. It wasn't necessarily like, all right, here's a world, and this world is the inside of your PS Four. You know, like I, I feel like I feel like there's certain individual individuality they could have. With Astrobot, that doesn't necessarily connect it with us looking at it as like, all right, cool. I hear yeah, you, but I think you're here. also here's here's my uh, I, at some point we have to take our medicine, right? Hey, they're giving you a new control, a new controller on a new console. They want you to do all this new fucking stupid shit you probably don't want to do, right? I would much rather have that medicine cordoned off to a game that is just Astro's Playroom. It's a get in there dick around see what it is hopefully it's like welcome park or whatever it has a bunch of easy Mm -hmm. trophies or whatever like i'd rather that than the first fucking wave of first party games have this shit shoehorned in and have it be uncharted where i'm the uncharted one where i'm aiming the can i the only way to throw uh, grenades at launch was to aim with the six axis rather than it be um uh infamous uh second son where it's like all right cool shake up your controller like a spray can and do this and just i think you might have done something here too it's just like i don't know i don't need all these gimmicks in that kind of game like i don't i don't like the idea that this thing that immediately i think per, and maybe it's a personal preference as is everything a video game but something that immediately pulls me out of the experience and reminds me that i'm playing a video game in my living room jerking off with this controller you know what i mean like i don't want that just let me be in the world let me be in like that stuff and you're talking about you know uh astro uh rescue mission astrobot rescue mission you know being a uh tech showcase for what you can do with that that's you know years after launch we've already had it we've already had all these speed bumps and learning curves to get there that's that's why i think you should never 
force these people to put this stuff in there. And I know I'm using force loosely. I obviously was not in any of the rooms when they're like, sucker punch, you have to do it this way. Naughty Dog, you have to do it this way. And even though not Naughty Dog, Neil Druckmann would light a cigar with a $1,000 bill and say, get the <laughs> fuck out of here. But like, you, you know, there's all these different ways for that to happen. And I do think I'd rather see it all cordoned off here and then let it figure out people how they want to use that stuff. Like what we were just talking about with Ghost of Tsushima, where it is, you know, push up for the wind, uh, clean your blade by swiping right, bow by going, you know, swiping down, like that kind of stuff. And even um, Days Gone, which had a great, great use of the touchpad in the cool. It takes you to different sections of the menu, depending on when you swipe it and how you swipe it. So regarding this Jeff Keighley Summer Games Fest, uh, um playstation 5 controller showcase thing that he did uh we have two questions one from dj bradshill and the other from boards and zero zero who write in with somewhat similar questions so i'm going to get both of them in here uh dj bradshill wrote in patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says what's up guys i've got a two-parter here was it just me or was jeff's hands-on with the ds with the dualshock 5 uh, or i guess dual sense um uh, kind of lame don't get me wrong the new design of the dualshock it keeps on the DualShock. New design of the DualSense is super cool, but the features are, are essentially the, sh the same uh, as the DualShock 4. But with new haptics, uh, Xbox One controller already has this, a uh, new microphone, and better speaker. Personally, I didn't feel like this warranted its own event. Second, does it seem like Keeley's Summer of Games uh, Summer of Games event is a bit skewed more towards Sony. I'm super excited for, for what both companies are bringing to the table this fall, but he's hyped the Sony events through the roof, including today's hands-on, and has barely, barely been boosting Xbox's press releases and upcoming event on the 23rd. Just wanted to see if I'm the, if I'm the only one who has noticed this and get your guys' perspective on the DualSense. Uh, and then to bring in Bortson 00's question, Bortson 00 writes in and says, Good morning, Blessing Greg. Jeff Summer, Summer Games Fest Keeley today did one of the most insane demos ever. He described, what a <laughs> he described what a controller feels like while playing a game. Now, I, I get that explaining a controller is part of selling, selling why people need a new game console, but why did Sony go uh, that 30-second CGI trailer uh, we showed during PS5 event was too little. We needed it. We needed about eight minutes of Jeff Keighley talking about it. Did Sony make a mistake wanting to do this, or is this just something we had to get get due to the COVID times? Thanks, boards and zero zero. So, Greg, what yeah. what's your kind of takeaway from the way this showcase kind of happened? Because, like, I I don't think it was bad by any means. I personally like. I thought it was fine. Um, but what's your take on this it? Is, there's a lot of questions here to unpack. So, I mean, to start from where you're jumping off of, this is as good as it could have been. Like, I don't, there's mm -hmm. no way to, I think, live stream someone using a controller and not being able to play Spider-Man Miles Morales, not be able to play even uh, a PlayStation 4 game on it and talk about how different. You need to play something, and obviously they're bundling it with the Astro uh, Astros Playroom so you understand what's going on. This is, there's no, there is no way for you to, have somebody playing that controller and have the content be fascinating. Like I, if we had done it, like that's the other thing too. He's like, I don't think this uh, required its own event. I, ladies and gentlemen, as a business owner, who is a, I guess, media company, is that what you call it? kind of funny? But like as somebody who makes podcasts and YouTube videos, like people are, are ravenous for PlayStation five and Xbox series X content. And so, like, if Sony would have hit us up and been like, hey, do you want to live stream using the controller for the first time? I would have been like, fuck, yes, send me that thing. You know what I mean? And I would have I would have done it differently. I would have had a camera on my hands the entire time. Right. I would have done more. Uh, I think just while I'm playing Astrobot, that, that, like these are little things to do, because even that I don't think would have been that interesting to see my thumbs move around and like, oh, man, he's hitting the buttons and it's happening on screen. Like, it's whatever. Like, I think that this is as good as you can get for something you can't go touch, that you can't go to a PAX and feel, that you can't even, I think, it, obviously, you know, and Jeff mentioned it in his video, right? He started up and he's like, yeah, you know, this is cool that it's here. Usually it's, you know, me and a bunch of other journal journalists around each other. Like, that's what this normally would have been. We would have all gone to L.A. or New York or at Judges Week or E3. You, we would have all used it and then we all would have come back and you would have gotten glancing mentions on podcast beyond and in previews on GameSpot and over on kind of funny like dude yeah we played whatever this demo and stuff i really liked how the controllers felt different or the haptic things and overall yeah the controller feels cool it's a little bit heavier but back to the game da, 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 da. like this is so the vegetable on the plate the video you know what i mean like when we're talking about 
brand new console launches, you're talking about games. Because, okay, we've seen the PlayStation 5. And until we can see it on an entertainment center next to a PlayStation 4 and an Xbox One, or even like if the way it would have been in classic years, go to E3 and have that glass case that we all go up and take photos of around and all the accessories laid out and all the, you know, the different skins and have it next to a PS one and all that stuff. Like now that we've seen it until you can do those things, what does it matter? And so like Jeff getting it, holding up, talking about the way, putting it next to things like he's doing the checklist of stuff that I would have done with it too. It's just like, how interesting can you make that content? And for full disclosure, if I get an email from PlayStation today that's like, hey, now that Jeff's revealed it, we're touring the controller. Do you want to do a live stream? I'm going to be like, fuck, yes, I want to. But it's just going to be the exact same thing I'm talking about of me being like, yeah, it's got a good weight. Oh, when I pull back, like I'm pulling a bow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, that's why it, ex- it does it need to exist. No. Does anything we ever do need to exist? Probably not. Like, this is Summer Games Fest, and it is trying to make beats out of things that you know, not necessarily would be beats before and give everything their time in the sun. And it's interesting too, like I'm reading between the lines in a lot of different ways, but in Jeff's video, he talks about like, Hey, yeah, yeah, this is cool and unexpected. You know, I didn't expect this to happen this week. Like that reads to me that PlayStation was back at HQ going like, all right, Xbox is getting a lot of juice. Xbox is saying a lot of cool things, Uh, maybe even before the Phil Spencer letter. Right. But like, they're doing a lot of cool stuff. What can we do? Like we could, we could let Jeff use the controller. Okay, cool. That's great. That's easy. That's turnkey. He can talk to Eric. Great. That'll be great. Yeah. And like you put that out and it's a beat we talk about today to remind everybody that PlayStation 5 is a real thing that is coming and X- next week's going to belong to Xbox. You know what I mean? But like they still have it here. Like to, I, I'm right there with everybody. If I watched it and I tuned out early and I, and I love Jeff and I love Eric and it's just like, all right, cool. We're just talking marketing beats at this point or whatever. And I get that. Mm-hmm. Not that in a, and I was cool to see it held up with stuff. It's cool to see it in Jeff's hand. It's it is what it is, but it's like, that's exactly what I expected out of it. Yeah. And I mean, to the part of the question, right, uh, that Borson Zero Zero has here, uh, did Sony make a mistake wanting to do this, or is it just something we had to get due, the, due to COVID times? Like, I think this is 100% a thing we we had to get due to COVID times. Like, in a, in a regular world, like, like what you were saying, Greg, like, people... A wider a, a wider amount of media would have gotten the chance to actually have hands-on with games and have hands-on with Astro's Playroom and then like come back and, and talk about it and write about the controller. Yeah. Um and I mean I think that's still going to happen in some way. Like I think I I would hope that somehow, like what however however way they need to, to make this happen, that press get hands-on with the dual sense controller before the PS5 actually comes out. Sure. Um but I think this early in the game, this is how you do it, and you want to be able to have uh like a consistent flow of marketing beats toward the ramp up to PlayStation PlayStation 5 and this is just one of this is just one of those as far as like you know does it seem like Jeff Keighley uh is is a bit skewed towards Sony i think that's more so him you know reading interest and reading like what the events are and so if you look at this combined with the last few months of content we've gotten as far as the the Xbox third party games showcase for next gen and the Unreal Engine five thing and PlayStation Five's mm. uh, presentation that had all 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 the the games coming to the console right like I feel like so far we have gotten more on like a showcase le- level more exciting content from PlayStation like you know especially with that Unreal Engine five thing like I I, I, I remember vividly oh, sorry or no go for it go for it I was gonna say is that what you think pushes it over the line of like what because i if you would ask me i'd be like no he's he's covering what's happening he's not making this stuff happen like it's it you know what i mean like it's just how it's been like that he's covering what's covering but i see the i understand bringing up the epic thing and the unreal thing and the way they they did you know talk at length about how into that they were and that not and not jeff but like uh uh uh, the epic people whose name is now escaping but you understand what i'm saying because even like clicking around trying to look back here at different months of what happened like i have i subscribe to the google calendar right for uh summer Summer game fest Fest, the name i can never remember uh but like it doesn't i mean i i feel like right now you go to summer game fest and the xbox events on there when i look back at the uh xbox event that came before it's on the list here um i don't feel like he's skewing of course i'm greg miller playstation fanboy number one on the internet so why would i know but even looking at this like it's going backwards on the calendar. PlayStation Five, Stadia Connect, today Kojima interview. So Death Stranding, okay, but again, that's fucking Kojima, and it was yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't even count that. But I, I, think I think it's less of a thing of like Jeff likes PlayStation more, more of a thing of there's just more exciting PlayStation news to talk about in the way that it's being presented. Like that, the the Unreal Engine Five thing. I think Jeff hyped 
out of this world but i think that's something that kind of should have been hyped out of this world like i think that was a really exciting thing yeah that plus the playstation event was a very exciting thing um the like jeff getting the exclusive on the controller for him is a really exciting thing and so i understand why the the these specific moments are being hyped by jeff the way that he's hyping them up and it's the thing about it though is just like i feel like and again maybe i'm wrong and maybe i'm skewed but like he's not he's hyping up what he's given and what he's able to get like if you think it's skewed too much towards xbox then that gets the question for xbox why aren't they giving jeff Keighley more stuff like i mean the controller here i think again is a not weird because again this needs to happen and needs but i mean like i don't think any of us are sitting around going like this is a huge success now it's a huge success we're all talking about it we all watched it we all have thoughts on the controller now like that's what playstation wanted out of this and that's why jet and jeff knows there's an audience that wants to know that stuff but like he still has the xbox game showcase on here i'm sure when phil and team have stuff they want to show him they're gonna go to him and show it and he'll put it through as part of it yeah yeah and then, i mean and i i think i'm with you there right in terms of he's he's hyping up what he's been given and i and i think that kind of reflects on how people might, might might be seeing that but like I, this isn't something that i've even thought about until this question was brought up of like how i guess both companies are being represented by jeff keely um but again i think that's just how it shakes out uh real quick if i might um the one and only number one games journalist andy cortez is in the chat oh. right now and he says oh. i love my dual sense controller so far because if you saw andy oh. got one as well he put it up you can go to his uh, twitter page and see it and go to see him on twitch but also andy oh. i sent you a dm it's lengthy on slack wow. if you can look at it oh story number four uh dreams wins game of the year at games for change festival this is matthew Handrahan at gamesindustry.biz media molecules dreams picked up an award for game of the year at this year's game games for change festival the ps5 ex- or ps4 exclusive was also named the most innovative game at the ceremony making media molecule one of the two studios to receive two two awards the other was that game company, which was given best gameplay for Sky Children of Light, which also won the vote for the People's Choice Award. The latter prize received 14,000 votes, around 14 times more than the amount registered at Games for Change 2019. The main reason for that spike in interest was that this year's event took place online due to COVID-19, to the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, typically, Games for Change is held in New York City due to its association with the Parsons School of Design. Games for Change is a nonprofit organization established to champion immersive entertainment with a positive real-world impact. All the award winners, which are listed below, reflect that core objective. And so the winners are as follows. Uh, Game of the Year was Dreams, Media Molecule. Most innovative game, Dreams, Media Molecule. Best gameplay, Sky Children of Light from that game company. People's Choice, Sky Children of Light. Most significant impact, Sea of Solitude. Best learning game, Rabbit's Coding from Ubisoft, which is a game that I didn't know existed until <laughs> literally just now. Uh, best student game, Resilience from Sungrazer Studio uh, in Drexel University. And then best XR for change, The Holy City from Nimrod uh, Shannon. So congratulations to all those winners. Um, and then the, the article continues, continues to say that Gordon Bellamy received the, the Vanguard Award for a long career in which he has represented the interests of under under hmm, underserved i kept reading it as underdeserved and i was like that's not what it says underserved communities notably lgbt lgbtq plus uh, people as the ceo of gay gaming professionals humble bundle also received the g4c giving award uh, for its ongoing commitment to donating to charitable causes which included 3.5 million euros raised uh, through a game bundle for black lives matter so congratulations all huzzah Huzzah. Uh, Greg, I'm super yeah. excited to see what games win the future Games for Change event, but that's so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Grab Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, we got Warhammer 40,000 mechanic mechanic. Hmm. Mechanicus for PS4, Xbox mm. One, and Switch. <laughs> Drake Hollow for Xbox One and PC. Ghost of Tsushima for PS4. Ultra Hat Dimension for Switch. Starlet Adventures for Switch. Paper Mario the Origami King for Switch. Death Come True for PC. Ultra Hat Dimension for Switch. Fault for PC. I AI for PC. And then Necro Barista is out today for Apple Arcade. New dates we got Ken Kendaga. 
Kindagawa Jet Girls uh, is coming to PS4 and PC on August 25th. Paw Patrol Mighty Pups Save Adventure Bay launches on November 6, 2020 on Nintendo Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Now, and it's r- worth pointing out for all the Paw Patrol fans out there that mm-hmm. I took that from the press release. And right before it says it's currently titled Paw Patrol Mighty Pups Save Adventure Bay. So it might get changed. Oh. The title might not be locked in. Whoa, you think that's a copyright thing? You think they're in a they're in a fight with another Mighty Pups? No, they are Paw Patrols. <laughs> okay. I don't know. They already had a logo and everything, but it did say that it is currently titled. I'm like, all right. Whoa. Uh, and then Rogue Legacy 2's early access has been delayed from July 23rd to August 18th. Greg, now it's time for Reader Mail. You can write into patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by youtube.com slash kind of funny games. Of course, your support means the world to kind of funny because of you, the audience. Kind of funny is able to do cool things like launch a new studio, have full Last of Us playthroughs, Last of Us 2 playthroughs with Andy Cortez, have awesome guest weeks on Kind of Funny Games Daily, launch a new Xbox podcast with Alana Pierce, uh, Snow White Mike, and Gary Witta, uh, and more. Of course, you can head to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames if you want to support the show. Uh, if you want to support Kind of Funny Games Daily and all the content that we have on this side of Kind of Funny, and you can gain special perks like exclusive content, becoming a Patreon producer, and more. Once again, just go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games to support the show and learn more about what we have to offer. Greg. Yes. James writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can, and says, with the dual sense controller having a hands-on with the summer games, with I guess, yeah, with the summer games and Xbox being a part of it with their game reveals, do you think that we could get the PS5 in series? That we, that we could get PS5 and Series X news during Gamescom opening night. Greg, what's your we we've had prediction episodes of um of Gamescast, but like we I don't think we've actually like sat down and really focused too hard on opening night live. What do no, you think is the yet. caliber of news we're gonna get? I don't I mean like this James's question, you think you could get uh news. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're gonna get PS5 and Series X news there. I don't think it'll be anything major from sony and microsoft i think it'd be smaller stuff from them maybe updates on their launch lineups and just things you've already seen i expect you know third parties to make good use of opening night live i expect uh more european third parties to make a good uh, use of opening night live as we've seen before we talked about this i forget what show but we did talk about last year's opening night live right i think it's yeah. going to be a good show. I think, it, you know, Jeff Keighley's hyping it as, you know, the finale, right, of uh, Summer Game Fest. And so I think you're going to see stuff there, but I think Sony and Microsoft in particular are going to hold the big stuff for themselves. Like, you know, I, mean? I think they're going to hold off and have the the price and release date. That, that'll be stuff they put out. I don't think they want to go through in a giant press conference and do that just because on a few different reasons, they don't want to share. Uh, they, they don't want to share uh, the spotlight with other people. They also, in, I mean, these are the platform holders, right? They don't want to drown out the games that are coming to the platforms. Uh, and they also don't want to be included in the rundown of news. They want their own news beat for something that big. I wouldn't be surprised if we got a big reveal from xbox but i don't know what it would be because i don't think it would be like a, a first party game because i think they're really going to lay everything out uh next week at their first party game showcase of course yeah um i could honestly i could see some kind some kind of like lockhart reveal type thing at opening light live based on just what we got at game awards like, i don't think i think xbox are in a place where they're like they're making good moves and they're being consistently like they're being consistent consistently good about um uh, open and honest messaging, and you know, making putting out services out there that people are into, and, and really creating ground for themselves as making uh, making a case of why you should invest in Xbox. I think part of that comes with them being scrappy and then being like, "All right, yeah, let's just show up at this thing that people might not expect." <laughs> um, and so, like, I, if if at opening night live we got a first look at what Lockhart looks like or any sort of announcement regarding that, um, I could see it. Interesting. I could. That'd be it. interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily expect anything big from PlayStation aside from maybe like a gameplay demo for for an upcoming game. Maybe like Mild, I can see Miles Morales, like that. Yeah, you know, yeah, like a gameplay demo of that, or maybe I think that's like, the more traditional way for first parties to use it. Is like, yeah, hey, yeah. here's something you've seen before, like exactly. that you know about before, and we're giving you a deeper dive. We're doing an extended demo. We're doing whatever like that. Especially stuff coming out this fall, like Godfall. I kind of expect to see there. Um, 
maybe stuff from like Jet the Far Shore or like Bugs Next or stuff that we know um are slated for this fall. Like I think that's one of yeah. the, that's one of the last big events we have remaining. And so um, And that makes sense, right? You're talking about the yeah. indies that have already been uh uplifted, right? Like if you were gonna yes. double dip on that, probably double dip around there. Now it's time to squat up. Blockfighter writes in with a squat up on Stadia and says, I'm just starting out on the division two and I hear it's much better in co-op. And so if you want to play with Blockfighter on Stadia, add them. Blockfighter, all one word, exactly how it sounds. B-L-O-C-K, fighter, all one word. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. We write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Charles Jacobson says, uh, Xbox also doesn't have any major changes to their controller. So Jeff, having hands-on wouldn't do a lot, uh, which is a good point. I actually meant to bring that up, but I forgot to. But yeah, like they're, you're not really going to have an exciting kind of hands-on hamburger button still right where it was yeah like the only change really is like that the the share button that they've added right toward the middle of it uh and then nail bodies writes in and says drake's drake's hollow got delayed to an undetermined launch date due to internal issues um gresic says i went to drexel university it's pronounced more like drexil than drexel so drexil drexil that's on them all right drexil (laughs) John I don't know BX what that means. John BX30 Drexel sounds like a medicine I take. Uh John BX32 says Jeff Keighley is hosting the Xbox Game Showcase pre-show. Um and then links to a, a tweet from Xbox. Also everything you need to know about Lockhart is right here and then Windows Central has an article is what uh, is what John BX3 is saying. Uh looks like but that But isn't that is the it. usual that's just the rumored stuff. That's what you're talking about. There's some yeah. rumors. Yeah, cuz nothing's been actually confirmed. Windows Central does great Lockhart. work. I'm going wrong, but just heads up. Uh, that's it for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Next week's hosts for the show look like this. Monday, it's me and Tim. Tuesday, it's me and Emron. Wednesday, it's Greg and Gary. Thursday, it's Greg, Tim, me, Andy, and Snowbike Mike. That's right. We're doing the post show for the Xbox Game Showcase. It's that is something different than usual. Yeah, the, the Games Daily that day on the 23rd will be the post show. So nothing changes for you as Games Daily fan. It's just usually we do those and record them as the games cast, but it just doesn't make sense seeing as how we have an X cast now. And of course, this is going to be the news of the 23rd. So we might as well do it right there. Exactly. And then Friday, of course, is going to be me and Greg back yeah. at it like a bad habit. Of course, this has been kind of funny games daily each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the server level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily. <laughs>